Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Maeve Marsden, and you're listening to Queer Stories. This week, Yen Perkis is an advocate, public speaker, and community leader. They're the author of nine published books on elements of autism, and they blog regularly. Yen has presented at a range of events over the last 20 years, including for TEDx Canberra. They facilitate an autism support group, which has been running since 2011, and they have a number of awards for their work, including the 2016 ACT Volunteer of the Year and 2019 ACT Chief Minister's Inclusion Award. Enjoy. Thank you. It was 6.30am on Saturday the 5th of February 2000. In the Metropolitan Women's Correctional Centre, a troubled young inmate had been awake all night, a combination of it being a humid night in a sweltering Melbourne summer and their anxiety about the future. The prisoner, criminal record ID 102604, was a chronic recidivist with a history of violence and quite extreme self-harm, known to their few friends as Jeanette. They did not know this, but they were about to embark on a radical change in direction and start a new life that would take them to amazing places. That troubled prisoner was me. I was picked up at the prison gate by my parents. Most of my world's possessions were with me in a cardboard box. My ex-partner had stolen almost all my things as a reprisal for my deserting her and going to jail. I was literally starting from nothing. My parents had supported me for many years, where most others would have simply given up. I imagine they thought that this release was nothing new and I would soon be back within prison walls. However, this time, that would not be the case. I had decided that a new millennium should equal a new life and I was going to make that happen. My parents drove me for two hours to a mental health service called Spectrum, one of the things I'd collected on my trips to correctional facilities and psychiatric hospitals over the years was a misdiagnosis of borderline personality disorder. Spectrum was for people with this diagnosis. There were many women at Spectrum, all of whom had experienced trauma, usually at the hands of a male family member or partner. While I was at Spectrum, my attitudes to life changed dramatically. I didn't want to commit crimes because crimes create victims and I didn't want to victimise anyone having seen the trauma it caused my housemates at Spectrum. I wanted to be positive and change my life. I wanted to be part of the ordinary world, to have a corporate job, an education and a mortgage. I wanted to put good things into the world, not negative ones. A new life for a new millennium indeed. After six months, my time at Spectrum came to an end. I moved into a house for young people with mental illness. It was in a crumbling mansion in Albert Park, one of Melbourne's most pricey suburbs. I had loads of friends in the house. Friends and social acceptance were important to me. In addition to my mental illness, I am autistic. I spent most of my childhood, teen years and early adult life essentially alone. I was bullied at school and never felt accepted by people. At the house, things were different. I made friends with lots of my fellow residents and even had a relationship with one of them. I hadn't given up on my goal to be ordinary, so I enrolled in university. 
I studied fine arts because I figured I was good at art. Also, most professional graduate roles in the corporate world want a degree, but it shouldn't matter what that degree was. My brother had told me this, and he was a public servant, so I figured he must know about such things. <laughs> University was a great, big, joyful, exciting adventure. I loved being an art student. I would wear my paint-spattered clothes on the tram and write essays about post-structuralist philosophy. <laughs> it was heaven. Part of being ordinary, probably the main part when I come to think of it, resolved around being employed. One of my housemates had a job at a restaurant and got me a couple of shifts a week washing dishes. It was not difficult work. I filled the sink and washed the dishes, dried the cutlery, filled the sink again and washed more dishes. The whole process went on for the evening and then I had a staff beer and caught the last tram home at midnight. I was good at it, but there was a problem. I am a huge perfectionist and I was terrified I would make a mistake and it would somehow mean the restaurant went out of business. My anxiety was off the chart. I should say here that my correct mental illness diagnosis is schizophrenia. High levels of anxiety over a long period results in psychosis for me. This instance was no exception. I got extremely unwell. It was the end of my first year of university and there are exams to sit and assignments to submit. Thankfully, staff from the residential program helped get me a special consideration for uni and I passed the year. But when I started second year, I was still unwell. It was very difficult, but I stuck at it. One of the secrets to my success is that I'm determined, motivated and resilient. When I realised that work wasn't for me, I never thought that this would be indefinite. I remember thinking, I can't work now, but I will work one day. I spent two years not working at all, just going to university. I then wondered if maybe I could do some volunteer work, so I contacted an art gallery I liked and offered my services. I turned out to be a great volunteer. I realised that maybe I was ready to do some paid work. I started by running my own business, shooting and editing videos. Then, out of the blue, an autism organisation asked if I wanted to train to do public speaking on autism. I said yes, and soon found myself in a room full of autistic people. It was wonderful. It was life-changing too, and mainly due to Polly. I was drawn to Polly as soon as I met her. I asked about her life and she told me she was a nine times published author, an autistic advocate. Polly was an autism world celebrity and she became my friend and mentor. After a while, Polly recommended that I write my life story. She said my book would be for the parents of autistic kids who get in trouble with the law. I didn't need any further convincing. <laughs> Clearly she was talking about my parents. It took me four weeks to draft the book and two weeks to edit it, and it took the publisher three weeks to agree to publish it. It was easily the biggest accomplishment of my life. The book gave me endless confidence and a whole new view of who I was. And without the book, the next part of this story would almost certainly not have happened. Three months after the book was published, I applied for two graduate jobs in the public service. Taking my brother's advice from many years ago, I used my master's degree in fine arts to support my application for generalist graduate roles. When I applied for the jobs, I had a conversation with myself. It went something like this. I have a criminal history. It's likely I will not be able to do these jobs. However, if I apply and don't get them, I have lost nothing. But if I don't apply, but could have got them, I have lost a lot. 
The process for applications was extremely rigorous. I was asked to sit a timed comprehension test, which I was certain I had failed, but then I was asked in for an interview, they called my referees, and then they offered me the job. I was astounded. <laughs> I had to provide a bunch of additional information due to my criminal history, but also my mental health. The department I was working for conducted an investigation. I supplied, along with other things, a copy of my autobiography. <laughs> it was an anxious wait, but I was successful. I've now been in the public service for 14 years. I love it. I've been promoted twice and am well regarded at my agency. I may well be the most unlikely public servant in Australia. <laughs> I'm extremely grateful to have had the opportunity to work, and I'm very loyal. My journey is remarkable, and I'm grateful to have had the opportunities that I had. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to the podcast, share your favourite tales on the socials, and follow Queer Stories on Facebook for updates. If you enjoy Queer Stories, consider supporting the project on Patreon. Check out the link in the episode description. Finally, for late night ramblings, gay shit and photos of me trying to garden with a baby on my back, follow Maeve Marsden on Twitter and Instagram. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.